Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. We have got a great show today. We've got Dr. Peter Bregan, and he's known for his many decades of successful reform work in the mental health field. He's a Harvard-trained psychiatrist, former consultant at NIMH, and for the FAA. He has been approved as a medical expert in over 100 legal cases in state and federal courts on issues relating to adverse drug effects, drug approval, the pharmaceutical industry, and the FDA. He's written over two dozen medical, scientific, and best-selling popular books, as well as dozens of scientific articles. He's currently the medical and psychiatric expert for an injunction against the governor of Ohio for oppressing the citizens with unending emergency decrees related to COVID-19. Dr. Bregan and his wife, Ginger, have written a new book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We are the prey. Dr. Bregan, thank you so much for being with me today. I'm really, really glad to be with you. It is interesting about the uh, legal case um, against the governor. Um, I ended up uh, writing a 120-page legal medical report on COVID-19 and the fraud behind it. And it helped uh, Tom Renz, this amazing attorney, uh, get the case into court. And um, once it was accepted in court, he started to do um, discovery, you know, to say, hey, I want to see all your emails and I want to know who's been influencing you, uh, Governor. The governor quit and said he wasn't going to do any more emergency edicts. So on the one hand, it was a great success. But on the other, Tom was really disappointed because he didn't get to investigate. And um, the trouble is, of course, then people like like that, they get a, they go ahead and they do bad things. They just give it different names. But uh, we've been very involved in this battle now since early, early on, Ginger and I. And um, I want to let folks know that what we found out is way beyond the COVID-19, which right now they are um, kind of cooling down. But the, the global predators we describe are in place. They're in place in the banking industry. They're in place in the military industrial complex, which we're looking at more. But what we found out about the health empire is true of the various ways in which the wealthy and powerful, the elite, um, end up arranging for their increasing wealth while it ends up with our increasing poverty. So the book is really a template that goes way beyond, um, which we did not necessarily expect. There were so many things we didn't expect, but way beyond just the issue of uh, who's running COVID-19. Because an operation that big is going to involve many, many of the, uh, the same people. Um, I can give you a simple example if I they don't want to talk too much at the start, Lee. Um, That'd be great. Um, well, this is actually an extension of the COVID-19 people. Um, they are not letting us off the hook. 
they have been so excited by how much they've gotten the World Health Organization to control all of the COVID-19 stuff <clears throat> that it's unbelievable. For example, when the World Health Organization, which, by the way, is run by um, Bill Gates. He's got three different um, uh, entities that contribute to it, very close to them. And by the Chinese Communist Party that got Tedros in power, the head of who, and of course by the UN because it's a part of the UN, and by Fauci. Not, yeah, Fauci's very, very close to who, and so is um, Klaus Schwab, the great reset uh, guy who holds his conferences at Davos, which is uh, famous in Switzerland. And that gives you kind of a beginning of this group <clears throat> that that decided 10 years ahead of time, and we do document this in the book, when uh, Bill Gates announced the um, uh, decade of the uh, vaccine, people didn't know that he was unrolling a plan that would engulf the Western world as soon as they had a, uh, or created a pandemic. So this power structure is in place to do other things. But right now, and nobody is covering this, you know, they, they started this war, they have engineered a war, and it's a, uh, Ukraine is a very engineered war. We could talk about that a little later on by, the, by a very similar group. So it goes back to the UN and the, the EU, and the, 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 the Western um, hegemony uh, of power, um, but what, what is happening now um, is that the World Health Organization, and you have to think all those powers behind them, Tedros is just a, he's a communist criminal puppet. In fact, they had to, they had to appoint the first non-medical person ever to head the World Health Organization to get this, um, this compliant um, Ethiopian criminal to uh, head the organization. And what they're doing now is they have actually decided that the under the UN auspices, which the World Health Association is a part of, that they are going ahead and they are going to make treaties around the world with nations, putting who in charge, not just of pandemic preparedness, <clears throat> but of world health. So think about this. They've been trying to get the U.S. and other countries to uh, go more global, and they had such success with WHO um, giving instructions and the Western world um, uh, kowtowing and, and basically destroying our constitutional democratic structures in the U.S. and Canada wounding them, I think, for the duration, and in New Zealand and Germany, it's the great Western constitutional democracies that are incompatible with globalism. Remember that. If you're a patriot, if you believe in God, if you believe in um, some kind of really strong protections for individual freedom, you are the enemy of globalism. So all those people I talked about, from uh, Xi Jinping, the head of the Communist Party, to Bill Gates, to Schwab, to who, to the UN people, 
they all want to destroy anything that is opposed to their globalism. China supports globalism. Um, Russia does not. Russia, as horrible as the invasion is, is an aberrant patriotic nation. It's, it would not succumb because of nothing else, the grandiosity of uh, Putin. It would not submit to the globalists the, who are very much running NATO and lots of other things. And so we're now pushing them more toward the Chinese who are globalists. We can get into that a little more. But all this, you, you can see the framework of this built <clears throat> into our book, and it explains so much. So now, um, I'll give you the data, the background data. On January 24th of this year, not very long ago, Tedros addressed his WHO executive committee with, um, you know, um, digital connections to people around the world, uh, major ma- major people in uh, many, many countries that, that WHO uh, contains within their orbit. And in his talk, he described a switch, which no one is talking about, from, hey, who needs more power and more money to protect the world from another pandemic? <clears throat> he switched to this, talking about his fifth and major priority. The fifth priority is to urgently strengthen who? as the leading and directing authority on global health at the center of the global health architecture. Now, Lee, you probably haven't heard this yet. It is really being suppressed. And for some reason, people who should know better are not covering it. And he goes on to, uh, at the conclusion to give a a three-line motto, which really sounds like a dictator uh, rabble-rousing his crowd. He says, we are one world. We have one health. We have one who. So, and if you look at the last word of each of the sentences, I just noticed just this minute, it's world health. Who? So that's what they're going to do. And while this might seem um, too bizarre to think is possible, they are having enormous support from the U.S. and from the EU and for the nations within them. The EU has, the European Union has been supporting this progress for a year. Their leaders have spoken out in in open support of it. It fits naturally with the EU uh, concepts of globalism and also getting other people to fund things for them, just like we fund NATO. Then they'll get World Health Organization to fund their healthcare programs. But it will mean giving up any kind of uh, control over healthcare. And going back then again to to have some background on that, going back again then to the <coughs> the yes little allergy with spring here. 
upstate New York. The, uh, the specific goal, one of the very specific goals that Tedros announced on January 24th in his um, speech to the WHO Executive Committee, he says, a, quote, a stronger health, international health framework with WHO as the coordinating authority. So he's not fooling around. And his goal is the One Health approach, which is supported by our CDC. I went and pursued that. They got a whole page about it. And, of course, universal and equitable access to medical care, which always means take away from the successful countries and give it to the poor countries, weaken the people in general, but strengthen the elite. Now, on January 26th, Two days after this announcement, the U.S. declared the, quote, and this is the U.S. mission to Geneva, which is the direct communication with WHO, the U.S. strongly supports the ongoing efforts to strengthen WHO. It is a simple leap to imagine that the people in charge of our government now, more or less, we don't know who exactly is in charge, but uh, Joe Biden and, and uh, his wife and John Kerry, uh, these two very corrupt people with deep ties to China, deep corrupt ties to China, that these people will support having WHO in charge of our health care. Now, the WHO is very clear about this. All it takes is one signature from one <clears throat> high-ranking authority, the president, the Secretary of State, or anyone, and this is in, in their constitution, anyone appointed by the Secretary of State of a country can go ahead and sign a universe, an internationally binding treaty that they will, that they at least will view, and the international courts at least will view as binding. And of course, I think we can anticipate Joe Biden and his crew will view it as binding to it. Assuming Obama is behind this, Obama's probably ultimate wish to be president of the world, not of the U.S. So we're looking at a lot of, um, of misery ahead. And this is very, very much about what has been called the Great Reset. But that's by Schwab. But that's a very big distraction to get into an argument about what is the Great Reset. Um, if you look at um, the uh, what uh, what uh, Tedros is talking about, he talks about a spirit of collective solidarity. That's communism, and that's what they're all about. <clears throat> but some of them want to do it through predatory capitalism, and some of them through predatory collective um, through predatory. Uh, communism. And that's how you get these weird combinations of people from the left and the right. There are no longer any idealistic capitalists in great power positions who own tech companies or banks or uh, great um, military industrial um, corporations. Um, none of them are idealists. None of them believe in Adam Smith. 
their model goes back to what was going on when Adam Smith was writing the East India Company, where where Great Britain dominated the world in part through the uh, East India Company, which was supposed to be a corporation and made huge profits for the crown and for the elite of the time. And these approaches always result in poverty for those without power. It, it goes goes without saying almost that when you have people in power, the power accumulates. They never decide they have too much. Never. Um, now, people will say America has too much power. That's because they want to take away the power that we do have still somewhat as a constitutional democracy. So I'll take a deep breath there, there Lee. I want to outline for you the kind of information that that uh, is provided in in the whole base of um, COVID nineteen, the global predators. We are the prey. And you can get the book online from the standard places um, like um, Amazon, uh, Books a Million. You can also get the ebook online, and we reduced the ebook to two dollars and ninety nine cents very early on because we don't want anybody to say they can't buy this two dollars ninety nine cents. And if you want to help us have more power, you can buy it through us if you're in America at uh, wearetheprey.com, and you'll get it a little, you'll get it cheaper than you will online, uh, wearetheprey.com. Um, so that's that's kind of a, a good start to our hour together, Lee. <laughs> what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking you have a lot to say, you know, and I'm thinking I, I got a general idea of kind of how the book began um, and and how it came into play. And I understand what your motivation is for the book. And I believe your motivation is to educate people and let them know there are there are more ways and there's more information out there to consider in healthcare decisions than just what we see on social media and what we hear on the news 24-7. Because the whole Ukraine-Russia thing has had me in tears. It's mainly because no matter if I get in the car, I'm hearing about it. If I go home, the news comes on. Right, right. And I think that that really filters in our brain how we really understand what our options are. I mean, COVID-19, I've seen it be more divisive than Democrat and Republican. People feel so strongly about, well, the, the, the people have so much fear. And that's really exactly. what it comes, it comes down to the fear aspect. And one of the reasons I was so interested in having you on my show today is because you've never been a big medication guy you've right. always you know I, I listened to something that you did maybe i don't know six years ago and you, that could, you were, be, could be 50 years ago <laughs> well could be but you know to, it, you talked about when you were in harvard and you know you originally you had the goal you wanted to teach and then a friend asked you to visit a local mental health library mental health hospital it had a library of information, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And you ended up spending four years there. And because your focus is not on how to medicate, it's not on how to drug them up. It's, you know, I kind of thought maybe you just want to love them through it. 
that was <laughs> that was your therapy. Well, it's um, it, it's a it's a bigger experience than that. But I think <clears throat> that if you have want to start uh, help people, whether you're a physician or a lawyer or a teacher, <clears throat> you have to really love and value the people so that their interests matter more than your own while you're helping them. You can't be like the big banks um, where you're mainly interested in increasing your power and wealth and that of your investors. It has to be that you're actually more concerned with the people who are taking out loans with you and the effect on your society than just the accumulation of wealth and power. And that's what professionalism is supposed to be about. I mean, you go to a professional, they're supposed to actually put your concerns above even their fee schedule. Um, so I think that, that, um, that we have just totally lost that now in all aspects of the medical profession. We have doctors now who have, um, been killing, <clears throat> excuse me, who have been killing their patients by going along with who and CDC and the medical establishment saying you can't treat COVID. Now, they may not know that the reason they're saying you can't treat COVID with ivermectin or um, hydroxychloroquine and combinations with zinc and um, other useful substances they may not know that the, the, the reason for that is a 10-year plan to sell vaccines, even if a lot of people die before they come out, and even if the vaccines don't work, that there was a huge plan for that, both to make billions of dollars, but also to demolish the democracies that are standing in the way of global, global ambitions. So we have to kind of get what that big picture is. Um, I think the Ukraine uh, is an example very much of what's happened in COVID. And I wouldn't have understood this three or four years ago. I understood more than others, maybe, by the way, just for your information. Um, the reason why Ginger and I were both able to come at this in a different way than other people is that I've been challenging the medical establishment, including the drug companies, CDC, FDA, and so on. Um, way back into the um, into the seventies, and um, when I did an international campaign to stop lobotomy, which succeeded, took three or four years, and I ended up broke for a while. But during that time, I learned that the medical establishment will fight criticism even of mutilating patients' brains with ice picks. They will defend their their power, their influence, no matter what. I learned that the drug companies will sell poisons at the drop of a hat. Um, and I discovered in the case of psychiatric drugs that none of them are specific for so-called illnesses. They all simply harm the brain, make people care less, feel less, respond less. So I began to develop this idea about how the drug companies were operating. But I couldn't believe that, that this was like giant, that this was all these companies in the health area. And maybe it wasn't in the beginning, but because since I did that work, Bill Gates ended up buying a big chunk of healthcare, richest man in the world on and off. And, um, and he, um, 
you know, he just bought everything he could get his hands on so that he could control an entire sector. But there's so everybody else is cooperating with him. It's it's not like like he's on his his own. But going with the comparison I wanted to make is the use of fear and intimidation and, and empathy is being used on us in spades um, in Ukraine. It was used and is still used around COVID-19. You're a bad person. You got to care about other people uh, because uh, uh, if you don't get vaccinated, you're not a caring human being. And um, I, I know family members who tell other family members, how can you be so cruel as to not care about other human beings and get the vaccine? Uh, then there's the intimidation and the fear, which allows them to literally poison their children. Children should never get these vaccines. And I'm not anti-vax. I've never taken an anti-vaccination position. I've wanted better research and things like that, but I never said that in principle they're, they're bad. But um, they, uh, they, they got us so afraid that we're sacrificing um, our children to these globalists, these global predators, because children are much better off and should get COVID-19 because they virtually never die from it, including basically children and youth and young adults are really protected from COVID. <clears throat> And once they get it, they're going to be protected in a very complex and deep way from future coronaviruses, not just from SARS-CoV-2. Um, it's a natural immunity to the entire virus, which gives them more broad coverage than just to the, the uh, spike protein head, which is what's, what's in the vaccines. Um, we should be having parties for the children and that will also to to get it like we used to do with some of the childhood diseases um it's, it's they're doing exactly all the wrong things and they uh we will protect society much more if the upcoming generation doesn't have vaccines but has had covid that's so much better for getting mass immunity so it makes no sense at all, but it's intimidation and fear that's being used. Sacrifice your own child, make them wear, wear a mask, which makes them sicker. Um, so well, you're is, exactly right, Dr. Bregan. I mean, it, it's been your I've got clients that their kids have asthma and they're petrified if their kids are around somebody that doesn't wear a mask. I've got clients where their yeah. kids I mean, I mean, I've got clients that are for it or they're against it. But one thing they all do is they do not understand it. And they do not, yeah. they don't even know that there there are some life-saving COVID-19 treatment guides and doctors. And that's one of the first things, you know, you talk about in your book. Uh, when I opened the book and I saw that, I was like, well, that's newsworthy. <laughs> so we're going to mm -hmm. take a break. But when we come back, I would really like to start there. And so people do understand there are some things that you can do. And there are some treatment guidelines that if you follow will be healthier for you. We'll be back after these messages. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? 
what would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's Merging Do you have a hard time remembering street names like I do? I tend to find my way by landmarks rather than street names. But here are some real street names that would be pretty hard to forget. Psychopath Road in Traverse City, Michigan. Who'd want to go down that road? I wouldn't like to live on these streets. Down Woman's Lane, Woman Hollering Creek Road, Divorce Court, and Slack Bottom Road. What do you call the tendency to forget names? Lethanomia. Young boys might think it's funny if they lived on Booger Branch Road or Toe Jam Hill. Apparently, no one could decide on a name for one street in New Jersey, so they called it No Name Street. What's a word for the inability to come to a decision? Hypobulia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back. Now here is your host. Lee Richardson. We're back and we're getting ready to really talk about what's in the book. And I mentioned the treatment guides and doctors, but one of the things I would like to point out are there are three different introductions to the book and they're all by MDs, world leading MDs. Dr. Bregan, tell us about that. Well, all of us were learning in the beginning because almost no one who is standing up on these issues or very, very few people, there are some, were um, spending a lot of time on viruses. <laughs> Unfortunately, most of the people who are going to spend time on viruses are literally getting money from NIH or from uh, NIAID, the Fauci's uh, organization. And um, so we all were learning together and teaching each other and uh, one of those people is uh, Peter McCullough, who does have not just an MD, but he does have an MPH, a public health, Masters of Public Health. And he and I got to know each other very early through my own TV and radio show and um, through our writings and stuff. <clears throat> and he is probably the best scientist in the world on COVID-19 issues across the board and has led the way in getting scientific, he had 600 scientific papers published before he got into this area. He's, I don't know, done, been involved maybe 30 or so since it, a very short time. And a lot about all the, all the issues surrounding COVID-19. And um, when I would get into a spot in the book where I wondered, you know, I would just call Peter McCullough and then sometimes he'd give a paragraph and it's in the book. And McCullough says in the book. And then um, uh, Lee Valite, Elizabeth Lee Valite, MD, who was working mostly with uh, uh, with people with hormonal difficulties, a very uh, sophisticated physician working um, uh, in this area. 
And she got involved and was one of the first people to warn about the fraud surrounding claims like like it came from nature because she started researching it. And um, she actually helped edit the book. She put a lot of time into the book on, on our behalf and on behalf, I think, of the world. And um, then um, um, Vladimir Zevzelenko, MD, who is a, just a... I, I, when I have him on my show, I introduce him as a Hebrew prophet. He's an Orthodox Jew. I'm Jewish, by the way, and, and Ginger's Christian. And we, we really do bring God into the work. Otherwise, I think we would be in deep trouble right now. But uh, Zelenko was the first person to stand up and say, we have to be giving hydroxychloroquine. We have to be, give, be giving uh, uh, the vitamins and especially we have to be giving zinc. And he got into horrible trouble in New York State. But he managed to get in touch with, with Donald Trump and to communicate with people very close to him, like Rudy Giuliani. And he got Trump to begin to talk about that he was taking it, uh, taking hydroxychloroquine as a prophylaxis and so on. But then they really crushed Trump. The, the predators ganged up on Trump. They crushed him and uh, got him to think he was doing a good deed by rushing through the, uh, the vaccines and and by paying billions of dollars to to two specific drug companies, Moderna and Pfizer, um, and um, by making sure there was no criticism and so on. And he did not know, I am sure he did not know, or hardly anybody knew, that this was a plan over a decade to specifically have Moderna. They They created Moderna for the purpose, do one of these terrible vaccines, have it become one of the two ones in the U.S., and he was working with Pfizer even more openly, so much so that finance, uh, financial pundits were saying, uh, you know, by Pfizer, it's uh, being supported by Bill Gates. So the whole thing was laid out in advance, and I don't, I don't think Trump knew about that. Well, it is complicated, and, and you know, Fossey, the role that he played, I know you talk about that. I think that's the first chapter or the first section in the book, correct? Yeah, the first four chapters, uh, because we discovered um, that very early on, one of the first papers that we discovered and Ginger found, and we were just talking about the other day again, that um, she's not a physician. She's just a a profoundly brilliant person, and she does a lot of our research, uh, sometimes more than me because uh, I do all the writing. And um, though she's doing more and more writing on her own now, blogs and things. And um, she brought this paper, 2015 paper, in, that um, we, we found in March of 2020. And it lays out the, the entire program and problems ahead. The paper is funded by Fauci. It's co-authored by the two top Chinese researchers at Wuhan, co-authored, they're getting support from Fauci, getting uh, uh, you know, support from other agencies as well, but uh, Fauci's is, uh, is the main one and the one that's most consistently there. Our people are from mostly North Carolina, Chapel Hill, where there's a man who has been a favorite of Fauci for decades, 
And um, they're working with these Chinese and basically the Wuhan Institute's a military facility to uh, defend against and to fight, to perpetrate biological warfare. Anybody who knows about China would know that. And uh, Fauci had to know that. This is globalism. You see, to the globalists, uh, first of all, the main thing is more power. And Fauci is power hungry. There's some good books and a great chapter in a book by Bobby Kennedy. In fact, Bobby Kennedy, RFK Jr., his book came out a little bit after ours. And he has a lot, which we don't do, on his background with um, AIDS. And he did all the same things with AIDS on behalf of big industry that he did with um, COVID. He refused and fought against the use of good, simple, inexpensive treatments that treated the pneumonia that was the main killer associated with AIDS. He insisted on spending billions on um, vaccines and couldn't even fake it. They got stronger and now they could fake it. Couldn't even fake that they worked. So he did the whole thing. People don't know. There were huge demonstrations against Fauci during AIDS on the big campus of the National Institutes of Health, where a big, big uh, protest searched for Fauci and found the building where NIAD was housed and stood in front of it and chanted and was outraged that, that he was basically murdering, murdering people with AIDS because he was withholding treatment and draining all the resources instead of getting the treatments out to get the vaccines, which would never work. Um, and also to get very questionable treatments that uh, some of which are still being used uh, that were very dangerous. So same scenario, doing it for the global predators, I believe uh, before Bill Gates was involved, and, and, um, but he does a really good job on that. And it's amazing that when his book uh, was just a month or two before coming out, he endorsed ours as the deepest, broadest um, exploration of the what he called the the uh, criminal conspiracy behind all of COVID. Incredibly generous thing for him to do as his own book came out, and he that I think has helped us and. Um, and his book uh, really, um, really fills in some different aspects. He looks at, at how Fauci controlled medicine in America for decades. We don't get into that. How by giving out money, by blackballing people, he got the kind of research he wanted all about vaccines for the big drug companies. And he goes into, to the, as I described, the AIDS thing much more deeply. Whereas we're trying to show the big picture of the powers behind Fauci and the behind Tedros. Um, so it's a bit of a different picture. Now you wanted to talk about the, the uh, positive aspects um, of what people can do to take care of themselves. Absolutely. Um, well, in addition to our book, which has just all, covers everything, you know, COVID-19, the global predators, you can stay updated very nicely on website. Our website is Bregan.com. So go there and follow us. Get our Bregan alerts so you can keep up with us, please. Bregan alerts. They're free and on the website. 
Dr. But, Bregan, that's B-R-E-G-G-I-N, correct? Yes, thank you, Bregan.com. And, but also go to truthforhealth.org, truthforhealth.org. Um, two of the people who wrote introductions for me are, uh, are in charge over there. Uh, Elizabeth Lee Valley created truthforhealth.org, and she's the, the real strength behind it. But Peter McCullough is her medical uh, director, so you know you're getting really good science. Both of them are clinicians, but the deep science person is Peter McCullough, I think uh, the deepest science person, science person there is. In fact, I'm really pleased that, that I've got my name on a paper with his that uh, will be coming out soon. Uh, there's another chief, chief author for it. Um, and uh, they'll give you the latest treatment options on truthforhealth.org. I describe them in the book, and I give the Truth for Health uh, link, but you can just go there, truthforhealth.org. They have a book lit that you can download for free. They'd like a donation, but you can download it for free, and um, that that book is on the the uh, the treatment of um, SARS-CoV-2 and also just COVID-19 in general, treatment for all the variants is very similar. You can also find doctors who can treat you. They'll even get you ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or, you know, to you wherever you are in the U.S. They managed to do that as far as I know. Um, they, they, uh, their costs are, are quite low, under $100 um, to get all this done. Last I looked, between 50 and $90, I could change some. Um, and you'll find them listed toward the back of their book. Um, and it's a great website to keep up with things. Um, one of my much loved family members and her partner called us one day. They both had tested positive for COVID. Both of them had serious um, vulnerabilities, um, with respiratory and other problems, particularly her partner. Um, I don't want to give too many details, but they had really serious uh, complicating issues that could have caused them to possibly die from, from COVID and certainly to be hospitalized. And they immediately got in touch with, at our advice, with the, the, uh, the, the uh, doctor's system that you'll find on Truth for uh, for health, and you'll find it described. You'll find that and another resource described in our book. And they got um, hydroxychloroquine in, in a day. Um, they uh, they simply um, you know did a description of what they were dealing with, and I think they they did it online. I know they did it online, and they got hydroxychloroquine, and they took it. And then the following day, their fevers broke and they felt much better. Now, I've been told this by people like uh, Dr. Valit and Dr. Avalenko um, and um, by um, by Peter McCullough that, you know, often people just get better in a day, even if they have vulnerabilities, a lot better. And the treatment's only four or five days long. 
uh, with either one of the drugs, hydroxy or chloroquine or the ivermectin. And these are drugs that, uh, that people for other diseases have taken for months and years. That's how safe they are. They are, and I'm, I'm a real expert on adverse drug effects. That's how I've written a lot of medical books from meta, a medical publisher books. I've written a lot of popular best-selling books on adverse drug effects, talking back to Prozac, who many people have heard of, sold a million copies way past. Um, and I can tell you that these two drugs are about the safest I've seen. I mean, one has like 40 years background, one has 60. They're both approved for different things by the FDA. Now, the problem is that if the people don't know this, that not only do they want to suppress these alternative treatments so that they can scare the hell out of you, dominate you, and get you to buy vaccines, take vaccines, which the government are paying for outrageously. That's just you paying for it, the taxpayers paying billions to the global predators, shifting wealth from middle and lower class people who get taxed in a lot of ways and uh, shifting it up to the wealthy. But a key is that you have to have a very big emergency under federal law to apply the emergency use authorization. And I, I've talked about this, I mean, endlessly, and very few people still know it, maybe because it's a little complicated, but it's really not. So the law that the EUA that allows them to push through the vaccines to create Operation Warp Speed, where you don't really, you don't anywhere near, anywhere near adequately test the vaccines. I mean, you, you test them for half a year or something, maybe. And we used to test vaccines for 12 to 20 years, years, not months, years, so we can make sure the long-term effects, because they're so potentially dangerous. Um, so uh, in order to do all that, the law says, you can't have an already FDA approved for anything. You can be approved for anything because it just goes to the FDA safety process. That's a concern. You have to have an FDA approved. If you have an FDA approved drug that works, you can't use the EUA because there's no emergency. You've got a treatment. In this case, with two treatments and a variety of others that went along with them, and uh, very inexpensive. I mean, I mean, these these drugs are really inexpensive, and with extremely long histories of very few deaths associated with them. Very, very few. So let and me interrupt pretty, you, Doctor Bregan. Let me good, interrupt I'm, you. I'm, done, I'm good. I'm. Done I want with you that to repeat too, so. that. I want you to repeat what you said because that is unknown. I mean, yeah, you strange. know it, and. You know how safe those drugs are, how long they've been around, but a lot of people don't. So to me, that's important. That's important information to have. So please yeah. repeat that. Well, the uh, even the World Health Organization on its list of 100 drugs that must be available has both of those drugs. I mean, there's thousands of drugs out of 100. They've got those two drugs there, and they've been there forever. The man who invented ivermectin received a Nobel Prize for it. How often have you heard that? And, and this ridicule of people who take it. 
Both drugs have a very low profile of adverse effects and a very high profile of uh, helping people. For example, a review by McCullough um, uh, and uh, 55 other healthcare providers and researchers put their name on it. That's huge. 55 other people in this McCullough paper show that, iver- that um, hydroxychloroquine prevents 75% of deaths and 87% of hospitalizations. It's incredible. Are there any drugs do anything like that? And furthermore, that if used in, in a very specific dose range, even Goodman and Gilman's textbook of pharmacology, which I used in medical school and is still the classic, even Goodman and Gilman goes out on a limb and says it's an extraordinarily safe drug. They never say things like that. I mean, it was, it, it's so unusual. And they've been around between them for about 100 years. Um, this is a very unusual situation. And they've been used for so many purposes. Um, hydroxychloroquine is used to uh, treat viral illnesses. In fact, we had an epidemic of uh, SARS-CoV-1 back in 2003-04. We don't know what caused it, but it came out of China again. And we still don't know whether it was out of Chinese lab or out of nature. No SARS-CoV has ever been proven out of nature. It's all lies, 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 lies to make billions and take power. But um, so we had this early SARS-CoV. And by the end of that pandemic, there were several scientific articles saying, if this ever happens again, we need to immediately go with hydroxychloroquine. It's working in a lab. It has antiviral qualities. It's extremely safe. And that was back in 2003 and four. Most extraordinary. So we knew in advance it was there. I mean, I, I could talk endlessly about the safety and effectiveness of this drug. People take it their whole lives for malaria, and it only takes five days to use it for uh, COVID-19. So, I mean, think about how safe it must be if people take it forever. And people have done much better in Africa and Mexico and other places because it's over the counter. Hydroxychloroquine is over the counter, of course, pennies. We have one of the highest death rates in the U.S. and elsewhere, even though largely it's, a lot of it's fake death. A lot of it's fake. I talk about that in the book and give you tons of death. By the way, I have over a thousand citations supporting what I'm saying. And then we have a, the Ginger and I created this giant chronology. So you can actually pick a date, a year. Oh, that's my kennel. I live in a kennel. Can you hear it? <laughs> I can. I hear it loud and clear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We have a Yorkie who's continually starting trouble. And we have a very meek Shetland sheepdog, though, who doesn't like strangers, who um, always follows suit. Um, <laughs> it's funny. But uh, so when they created the emergency authorization, it was done for 9-11. 9-11 convinced the government that they needed emergency responses where, and they created a whole new thing called BARDA, which was to just get research for responses, specifically, especially in the medical and pandemic area. So it goes all the way back to 9-11. And um, 
the FDA then went ahead and really beefed up just how they were going to handle it. Uh, uh, if we got a new uh, pandemic, that's their big deal there because so much influence from global predators there. The influence of the global predators is very straightforward in the FDA. All but one of the last five, six, I can't remember exactly now, the five, six, seven FDA directors have gone to work for the drug company after one, for a drug company. So wow. I mean, that's that's how you get into this whole business. Um, well, and, and the pharmaceutical industry it is a big business. You know, we've got about four minutes left in the show. And I'd like for you to just think about you and Ginger worked hard on this book. You put a lot of time and energy into it. What are the three takeaways other than, to me, the most important point was there is safe treatment out there. It's very, it's out there. It's very inexpensive. It works. Um, other than that, what are your three takeaways? Well, we, we, well we've covered a lot. We, we have four, four sections uh, and we've covered a lot of it. I want to go to the final section. Okay. That's where I want to give hope to people and let them know. You are blessed to have been born at this hour because Never since the um, founding of this nation has the principle of liberty been so under assault from within the nation and from without combined. We've had terrible threats like World War II, which I was lived through as a child. We've had all kinds of terrible threats. But this is one of the largest from the outside because never before have the global predators combined together with as different violent groups as the Communist Chinese Party and Klaus Schwab and the UN all together and Bill Gates, all the tech companies, and frankly, all the big international companies, they all want globalism and they all hated Trump and they all hate freedom. So you're born at a time and you have a chance to make a difference in history. And most of the people I work with are very imbued with the idea they're doing God's service. And they are the most amazing people I've ever worked with in my life. And that's true of the three people who wrote introductions. They are deeply um, motivated by a belief in God and that this is a huge battle between good and evil that's going on. You can join this. And any place you join, it doesn't matter where, you will have a better life. Um, I can give you an example from a friend of mine who is very isolated, living in the heart of progressivism, in the heart of, uh, of um, masking kids and taking your injections and listening to Fauci. And he managed to look around, ask people, um, and, and he is found two groups of people who believe in America's freedom. They are conservative groups, most of them. Some of them have a few, you know, Democrats and liberals who realized and changed their minds on some of these issues. But he and did find them, right? I mean, we're we're getting ready to close the show. And well, I just want you to know. Change his life. Go change your life. Work on Change your life. Yes. And Bregan, B-R-E-G-G-I-N.com. You can stay up to date on what's going. The book is on Amazon. Thank you so much, Dr. Bregan. You have been 
very enlightening for everyone and provided hope for a lot of people. Thank you. Oh, there's a lot of hope. Thank you, Lee. On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com. Thank you.